breaking Barncat soul. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is one might say the leader of a cult, but it's it's not 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 a cult that's like bad. Uh, well, it depends on if you've been on the receiving end of it or not. And it's the one and only Barncat, leader of the Space Maw cult, the cult of Space Maw. What's happening, my guy? Hey, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. wasn't uh, wasn't expecting that. I've been called the Messiah of the Maw, uh, perhaps. Um, uh, on a few occasions, I uh, did not coin that myself. Um, so I'm doing all right, man. How are you? You know, I can't complain. I'm really excited to finally get you on the podcast. You know, we, we had a banger of a match last season and kind of struck up a bit of a friendship since then. So like, it's, it's just really exciting to, to have you on here and, and get to chit chat about some stuff. And this is going to be a jam packed thick boy deluxe episode. And I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, totally my specialty, Will, uh, the Thick Boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, love it, right? But, you know, as far as that friendship, it's it's had a lot of ups and downs already. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, uh, I, I think we had peaked uh, at a moment in between uh, Season 7 and Season 8 where I had convinced you, uh, at least for a week or two, uh, to put a space mall on your convocation roster like any sane person would. Right. Uh, it seems like you have uh, erred away from that and... Uh, I got to say that was probably the low point after it. Peaks and valleys, my friend. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys, indeed. Well, look, I quit drinking the Kool-Aid, okay? I just, I I couldn't handle any more of the delicious Space Mall Kool-Aid. And to be fair, I did take him to an event, and I played him in every event that I could. And uh, he just, it just didn't work for me. It's not, it wasn't my style. But you know what? That's the nice thing about MCP. Stylistically, you can do whatever you want in this game. There's so much variety and, uh, you know, just apply a little space maw as you will, as you see fit and profit, as you like to say, right? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, sprinkle it in there. Uh, look, he makes a, a great topping to, uh, to any list. I mean, if you're looking for the only legitimate range six threat in the game, um, uh, which is a, a potential space maw fact, unless you count the pitiful three range of the Hulkbuster. <laughs> well, who would do such a thing? Uh, nobody, uh, nobody that I could think of, um, except for maybe some folks that are looking to get some of that really great work out of the Hulkbuster and his guaranteed pushes and stuff like, you know, <laughs> exactly, so. exactly. You know, you're talking about range six stuff. Well, our main topic today, which we'll get to in a few minutes, arguably is like, there's, there's like a beam that's super long. Plus he moves on that big medium base. Like he's gotta be range seven, right? Uh, you know, uh, it actually comes in as a little bit near outside of range five that he can still get into people. Um, and it's gross. Uh, so the space mon me 
can't even necessarily shush him sometimes uh, mm. to prevent some things. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't like it. But before we dive too deep into not the Tiger King, but the Tiger Lord, Big Bad Tiger Dad, before we dive into that ball of fur, we have a little bit of an announcement. So I've got a few things we're going to announce today and some fun stuff here. So just bear with us for a second because this is some stuff that's kind of been under wraps for a while. Uh, some stuff that's teased and some some projects that uh, are going to be pretty awesome. So first things first. When you're here in this podcast, you should be able to search for House Party Protocol on YouTube and see my last two TTS matches from season eight, one of which I get incredibly tilted in. Shout out to Exalted Tilapia for being a great player, but Lord knows the tilt went like if I was a pinball machine, I would have been on my side. We're talking like that level of tilt, Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It happens. We're going to talk about it on this week's episode of the TTS special report, so make sure to tune into that, but check out the House Party Protocol YouTube channel because there's going to be the videos, like I said, from TTS. Anytime we're doing a TTS season, we'll put those videos up there, make it easier for people to find them and whatnot. But there's an even bigger YouTube project coming from House Party Protocol in conjunction with our friend Barncat here. And Barncat, I'm going to let you take it away a little bit because this is uh, this is a little bit your baby. Yeah, thanks, Will. Um, this was kind of something that uh, I've kind of really started to enjoy doing, which is uh, creating video content. Um, was talking to uh, one of the folks uh, from your fantabulous uh, Discord server, uh, which I joined in a membership of after our memorable and fun game last season, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and managed to actually stick around in. I know I might have surprised you there, but uh, the quality of the, uh, let's just say, poo posting was... Just too much to be ignored uh, or to get away from. Uh, love the whole vibe in there, gotta say. So it's it's really been fantastic. But uh, one of their uh, uh, other members there and uh, a frequent guest on the show had kind of asked a question and uh, wanted to get some feedback on uh, some of the, the YouTube content they've put out. And I was like, man, it would be really awesome if you did this. And uh, I don't know that people really go into this sort of way of doing it, but something that I'd be really interested in. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to use this uh, for myself. Uh, and, you know, at that point, I kind of started reaching out to people, getting some feedback. And uh, I reached out to one of my favorite content creators, um, which would be you, Mr. Will. Hello. And uh, it seemed that we kind of uh, clicked, uh, had a little bit of a Vulcan mind meld uh, on the idea. And essentially uh, what we're trying to do with this YouTube series is to create a a super uh, in-depth, I want to say, like, look at what it's like to play a game of MCP. Uh, we'll be recording from the TTS mod, um, and what it's going to allow us to do is to discuss uh, every single decision point that is made in a game, um, all the way from turn zero uh, to the end of the game. Uh, I envision that we're going to have this broken out into uh, segments. Um, So you'll have your first maybe one hour to 45 minutes to one hour episode, which should be dedicated to turn zero and turn one. And essentially every decision point to 
hey, I'm reacting to what my opponent's roster is here. Uh, I'd really hope that I don't run into this particular model. Uh, but if I get him at this crisis, you know, set up uh, and at this threat level, I think that can be avoided or this and that. So everything from who wants to have prio and what they would select if they will to how a deployment's going to work to the midpoint of the game. Like, wow, I didn't expect that dice spike to go into my uh, Mordo, right? Um, <laughs> he's usually pretty strong against energy attacks, but deadly duo going to deadly duo. So I've got to figure a way to get him out of dodge before, you know, that next activation comes in. Oh, I see that he's got to follow me. I might be in some trouble here, mm -hmm. right? Um, cool. That follow me didn't work. I've got to get Mordo moving. I think maybe we try to hit the spender. We get him out, right? All those sorts of details from all those decision points. Uh, I really want to try to get this to be like a detail type thing. And, uh, to actually kind of steal a little bit from a, a concept, it is a bit of a turn on if anybody's familiar with the sports ball world, right? Uh, there was a series that was done on uh, a certain Eastern sports promotion. Uh, you might call it uh, a television channel um, that had created a series called uh, Detail. Um, and what they've done is review a lot of game film and go over it to excruciating detail. Um, I wanted to kind of do a similar thing like that live, except I want to keep a little bit of room for levity uh, and uh, enjoyment out of it. It's not going to just be a pure uh, technical fest because honestly, uh, not even I have the ability to uh, to ramble on uh, ad nauseum, kind of like how I am right now. As I say, I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know if you're selling selling the point about not being able to ramble <laughs> without being able to have uh, a little bit of levity in there. So um, the goal is to kind of rotate guests, try to have experts. Uh, in affiliations, um, I, I, could, I fancy myself a good Guardians player. Um, I think Will is allegedly an adequate uh, Convocation player. Other people tell uh, me At I least am. from what I hear, right? Um, <laughs> and, you know, if we can find some other really great players out there, uh, you know, like you've got some guys on the cast, like, uh, or some guys that you're pretty familiar with, you know, that can rotate through that are, uh, you know, big OG strange guys, right? Oh, yeah. Um And... You know, I'm not an OG Strange guy. So if somebody were to want to see like OG Strange versus Sorcerer Supreme Strange, well, heck, let the OG Strange experts uh, have a crack at it and play with Will, right? Or if uh, somebody wants to see Guardians try to go into a Brotherhood matchup, let's try to bring in, you know, a really comfortable Brotherhood player uh, and get their insights, you know, from a, from a fairly uh, high level or experienced player perspective and I, I think it's just a really, really exciting way uh, to produce uh, this content. Um, I think it'd be really great uh, for beginning players. Um, and if you're a fairly advanced player, experienced player, right? But if you haven't played a lot of these affiliations yourself, having a chance to have these insights on, you know, why certain decisions are made or certain activation orders are taken could really be the thing that could give you a competitive advantage should you run into these lists in the future. Exactly. And I think that that's really kind of what the 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 marrow of this concept is. And it's it's basically just being able to say, hey, whether you're an experienced player or a new player, you're going to be able to get something out of this. And 
you know, I, I don't know about you, but like for me, as someone who's played a lot of Web Warriors in the past and then currently plays uh, Convocation exclusively, more or less, it'll be nice to say, okay, I'm playing Convocation, but I know I'm going to see the Inhumans in a matchup soon. Well, let's let's go see if there's some content about the Inhumans, and then boom, all of yep. a sudden, here here you go, you know. And I I think this is going to be really nice. And structurally, I want to kind of talk about how that's going to look in that regard for a second. And basically, what's going to happen is there's going to be like three episodes of this YouTube series per match. That way, it's all like you said earlier, broken down into digestible chunks, if you will. So like. Not everything's going to be like this super long thing. And, you know, some episodes might be a little shorter than others, but it's, you know, talking about the minutia of a game and and going through every little decision that is made. But also, like you said, making it interesting, making it fun, keeping it on brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. it's not yeah. just going to be some 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 dry thing like, a, you know, if you've watched any of barn cats streams that he's done recently which i highly recommend then you'll know that it is enjoyable but also highly detailed so it's one of those things where i think it's going to be really nice but like three episodes per match there will be multiple decision point discussions and then one of the things that'll be kind of interesting and, and neat is to like as you're playing your opponent so like if barn cat and i are playing being able to keep our decision making natural without like what the other player said or whatever, I think is very exciting too. And and it's one of those things where, you know, it's going to probably take some feeling out, but it'll be great. And uh, another one point that is like important to me, right? There's a lot of battle reports out there, a lot of fun stuff that I really like with some really good content. One of the things that I'm excited for with this and that TTS affords us the opportunity to do is have a camera that isn't static, right? Like the camera's going to move around the board, right? You're going to be able to be in on the action of what's going on on the board, which I'm excited to see instead of just like, you know, zoomed off way up in the sky where you can't tell who's who or what's what. It's going to be down with the models, on the dice tray, all that fun stuff. So, like, I really think it's going to be really, really nice. And it's content that I personally would want to watch, which I think says something about it. At least to me, it does. Yeah, I think uh, the goal is to to really provide that, uh, you know, immersive experience that you're kind of talking about. Like, if we can have folks be get, able to get so enthralled by this to the point of it feels like they're being literally enthralled or on the end of the enthrall from uh, from an enchantress as <laughs> a a rocket raccoon if you will right uh, that's really the goal to provide that immersive experience uh, to be able to put yourself in the the head of uh either you know will or i or whomever's on the show and be like ah okay so that's why you know that wing it token's going to go there uh and it was to set up this or you know, that's why you're going to do this convocation hop that direction because it can break up a rapid fire, right? All mm-hmm. this other really cool stuff. Exactly. So I think it's going to be really great. And then the last little bit of fun that I think for this is really cool is we're going to be reaching out to the suits out there and letting you guys talk about what kind of matchups you want to see. 
you know, we have some stuff planned, like you talked about, like brotherhood versus convocation or or whoever. But like, we're, there's going to be some some things that we have planned with availability and whatnot. But overall, we want the suits to tell us what they want to see, and and the matchups that they're interested in finding out about. So uh, I'm really excited to do this, and I think it's going to be really fun. And what you can expect is one episode per week. So like I said, each match is going to kind of consist of three episodes. So like if you're comfortable with whatever turn zero is, you know, you can skip that episode and go right to the one that interests you the most. And there will be playlists and all that stuff. Like it'll be set up like a, like a legit YouTube channel. <laughs> so I, uh, I think it's going to be really great. And I'm, I'm very excited for this and, I hope the suits out there are too. And if you are excited for this, let us know by going ahead and hitting that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. This is going to be coming in the near future. You know, we're not quite ready to record just yet, but it'll be coming up very soon. So just be on the lookout for that. And like I said, let us know you're excited by going ahead and going to the House Party Protocol YouTube channel. There'll be a link in the description of this podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can be ready when this drops and Barncat, anything else you want to say about this before we move on? Yeah. Don't forget to smash that like button for your boy. Right. <laughs> That's uh, it. Sorry. I'm trying to, trying to be a legitimate YouTuber uh, or whatever it is the kids do. Right. So, That's it. That's it. Are we way too old to be doing this? Uh, I don't know, dude. It's uh, it is war gaming and miniatures. I think uh, we're both in our thirties. Yeah. Right? I just turned 35. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think this is totally in our wavelength, right? Perfect. Um, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, I was mentioning to somebody, you know, I wish I'd happened into these things when I was younger and um, wasn't too busy playing sports ball stuff. Um, I probably would have been a more well-rounded human being uh, had I started wargaming at a younger age. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? I'm trying to introduce my eight-year-old to it, and he's <laughs> wanting nothing to do with it right now. He's like, Dad, Minecraft, okay? Minecraft. I'm like, all right, sorry. Oh, uh, lame. <laughs> Um, but you gotta, you gotta discourage things that are not considered cool, right? Uh, like war gaming is cool. That's it. That's it. So that is the YouTube project. So again, make sure to check that out. And then I have a couple other things we're going to talk about real quick. So we Ooh. have a new giveaway that we are doing as part of house party protocol. And I've been teasing it for a hot second now, but yes, tiger Papa Malekith himself, Lord of the tigers riding in on that furry dragon tiger thing. Is it a, is it a Draiger or a Tagen? It's, it's a Liger, Will. It's a Liger, but, but it's, it's an abomination. It's, <laughs> this it is, is a probably crime true. against nature. Uh, is it, it battle cat? Has, yeah, sure. Let's call it battle cat. Then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's, it's overgrown. Uh, it, it doesn't, it's not natural. Uh, and then the, you add the bat wings to it. I don't know what sort of mutant uh, monstrosity <laughs> Frankenstonian thing we have going on here. Malekith is fine. I mean, that's a dark elf. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, so you go and you put this thing uh, wings on it. And, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about we'll break down the model in a second. But yeah, yeah, I got ahead of myself. We're doing the giveaway now. <laughs> so so we're gonna give away a Malekith, and then because I'm feeling awesome. I figure we'll also give away a Crimson Dynamo and Dark Star box because that oh, way, very cool. Yeah. you know, 
get you started with the Winter Guard. Usually I like to kind of go, go full tilt, but Malekith's expensive. So uh, we're going to do a uh, Malekith and then the Crimson Dynamo Dark Star box. So make sure to check out the pinned post on our Facebook page where you can enter the giveaway there, leave a comment, leave a like, make sure to like our Facebook page, all that good stuff. And hey, if you send me a message with your subscription, like that you've subscribed to the YouTube channel, I'll give you a bonus entry. So there you go. So there you go. If you, if you, you know, I feel like that's a little bit of a shill. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm shilling out the YouTubes. But you know what? You know what? We're, we're YouTubers now, Barncat. We've got to do these things. Yeah, got to sell out, man. Yes. Um, 100%. And, you know, if uh, I, I don't normally get into this giveaway stuff, but to get a chance uh, to land that sweet Crimson Dynamo uh, pack, uh, all for it. Um, you know, the other one, I'm sure somebody will enjoy. But, uh, yeah, Crimson <laughs> Dynamo all the way. That's that it. rad. That's it. He is awesome. So make sure to do all of that stuff. And we're going to have a secret code word. And, you know, I, I think I, I think we, we've, we've got to come up with a code word today, Barncat. And I think it's got to be Battle Cat, right? Yeah, sure, man. It's your show. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, look, this, this, is, this is a collaborative effort here. Oh, I was going to say, uh, uh, you know, Dinerific, right? Oh, my God. I don't even gosh. know how to spell it. You see, we um, got to have something people can spell. We got to have something that people want to spell. Here, here, the community is very, it's this, this Malekith thing is uh, it's a very divisive topic, my friend. It's incredibly you know? divisive. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep <laughs> going with the show. And when the right word just hits us, that will be your let's, secret. Let's just do battle cat. Um, I am, I am all for it. Uh, it's, it's good. It's easy to spell. Uh, gives people some really cool painting ideas, right? Absolutely. Um, so. All right, so Battle Cat it is. That's your secret code word. I'll remind you at the end of the show. But look, I, I'm excited to do this giveaway, and um, it's going to run for the entire month of August. So basically, uh, you'll have your winner announced on Labor Day, September 1st. But the deadline to enter the giveaway is going to be August 30th. That's the deadline because that's when I record the episode to announce the winner. So make sure you get your entries in by noon central time, August 30th, because that'll be your deadline. And look, there'll be bonus episodes, all that fun stuff. Like I said, send me messages with a screenshot where you subscribed to the YouTube channel and I'll give you a bonus entry there too. So, uh, you know, it'll be all kinds of fun stuff with that. But now... If I subscribe with multiple YouTube accounts, uh, do I get additional entries? I mean, to land the uh, the Dynamo. I would say, how am I gonna know? But it, like, if you're sending me a message as the same person but with multiple YouTube accounts, I mean, you're only gonna uh -huh, get one. Uh -huh. You're only gonna get one. Uh, all right. I was trying to game the system to get my hands on that sweet Dynamo. Well, no gaming for you, sir. Just Whoa. <laughs> We're here to discuss gaming, my friend. We high-level MCP players who are going to find a way to break things, so... This is true, and we're going to try to break things today, but not the models. Not the models. Yeah, just my soul. Just your soul a little bit. So, <laughs> speaking of breaking Barncat's soul, let's jump right into our main topic today, and that is Malekith. That's right. Malekith, is it the accursed or the accursed? 
I'm going to go with the, the accursed. Um, I, I, I have it on good authority that uh, an MCP mentor of mine has chosen uh, to call it the accursed uh, when I was listening to uh, some content that they'd put out. And there you uh, go. I'm going to follow in his steps. Um, we're going to go with the accursed. Um, this might be some new world English thing. Uh, but you never know, Will. Uh, <laughs> it could very well be the accursed. Uh, I think it's the maybe accursed. somebody from a country that has spoken English longer than uh, the one that I'm in uh, will tell me as much. But uh, there you go, all good. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Yeah. So first thing, like we always do here, we're going to talk about this model. And look, Barncat, if you want to sit this one out, you can. No, I'm I'm all for it, man. I I am in it to win it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But, you know, uh, I'm happy to be here. Let's let's do it, man. Let's jump let's get in. in there. All right. So I, I'm going to start off by saying I, I know how you feel, but this is an amazing looking model. Like and, and part of it, part of it's yeah. the studio paint job. I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Like the studio paint job, like shout out to Dallas and the boys over there and girls. I'm not sure. And people will go with that because this this thing painted up amazing. And like, honestly, I wish I was going to be able to paint this thing. I'm not going to. Like, I'm I'm Grey Lord for life. So I'm going to have this model, but it will not be painted uh, because it's <laughs> it's just too much. But I love the sculpt. Like, I think the sculpt's really interesting. I like the musculature on the Tygon, the, the dragger. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out what this is called one of these days. But I like the, cat. The, the battle cat. That's right. On the battle cat. The winged battle cat. And yeah, bad cat. <laughs> bad cat, yes. Bad cat. It's got bad bat kitty. Wings, you know. It's a bad kitty. Uh so I really like that. And I love Malekith, like his pose, his energy, that the vibe he's giving, like it, it really creates a sense of motion up there. And I like how and this is a subtle thing for me, he's like actually grabbing the nape of the neck of this thing. Yep. That is so cool. I think. Yeah, it's it's Honestly, and fully admittedly, probably the singularly most exciting looking model. It has so many things going on for uh, for folks out there that really enjoy the hobby side of this game. I mean, this is this is a dream come true. Like whether it be, you know, you've got the opportunity to to kind of do your fur paint. You got uh, getting some details and maybe some of the striations on the bat wings, right? Yeah. Uh, to, uh, you know, one of your favorite parts is, uh, we have an immense tactical rock on the base. Oh, yeah. Um, this is coming on a large, you know, model, uh, or large base size, right? Yep. And there's just so much you can do. Like I had mentioned to you, like I had heard a lot of, uh, of some of these high level hobbyists talks about how, you know, they're really going to have to magnetize the wings so we can be transported and all the different ways that they're, they're going to do that. And Sorry for the technical difficulty suits. Barncat had an internet issue, but we're back now. And I think what you were saying was talking about how hobby wise and everything, lots of options here, but uh, wildly impractical with those wings. And then when you, uh, you know, talk about like someone trying to figure out how to magnetize that stuff. I mean, absolutely. But I, I think this model yeah. looks awesome and, and I'm excited for it in the overall and Here's the question, though, Barncat. Is this the coolest-looking model in the game now? 
Admittedly, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think it's undeniably probably the coolest model in the game. <laughs> I I don't know that anything can uh, compare to it. Um, I, I it's so uh, gosh, uh, it has so many things going on. Exactly. Uh, it's massive. There's just you know, it's a lot. It's undeniably awesome. And if you if you're into the hobby side of things, I mean, this is this is what you take to win painting competitions. I just I don't see how it gets any better than this. I mean, there's just so many things going on with this that absolutely. If you really want to showcase your chops uh, on the hobby side of things, you know, you you take your your cat carrying case, you put your Malekith in there, and uh, you bring that in. So yep. All right. Well, speaking of Malekith the Accursed here. Let's dive into this character's card because there's a lot. So strap in suits because we are in for a hell of a ride. So starting at the top or now left stat line, we have Malekith the Accursed with an alter ego name of Malekith. He has a four physical defense, a four energy defense, and a four mystic defense. He has a stamina value of 10. On his injured side, that stamina value goes down to 8, though. Thank goodness. A threat value of 7. He is size 4. And he moves medium. And mind you, on a 65mm base, so the same base as Hulk, so he moves like Hulkbuster, he moves like Ghost Rider. So be ready for that. And then I'll go ahead and talk about his immunities, because you know what? They ran out of room underneath where the superpower lives. So he is innate superpowers of flight. So he's going to be able to fly. I mean, look, he's on a flying dragon tiger thing. So it makes sense, right? So there you go. And then he is immune to hex and immune to stun. So mm. that's pretty spicy if you ask me. But anything other than like, well, first of all, there are some things that stand out on this new stat line here. Seven threat. Yep. And all that stamina. Yeah, it's, it's an immense pool to to have to dig into. Um, he's the first seven threat uh, in the game. If you if you discount uh, Thanos, um, that stat line alone is just uh, that is a lot to chew through. Uh, and as the only seven threat in the game, I would venture that. Uh, you know, as far as seven threats are going to be concerned, this guy's going to be somewhere higher on that curve, right? Yeah. I know that uh, when they go about developing people, they just want to put them on a curve. This guy seems like a high end uh, of a curve, and we're we'll get a little bit more into that. But the biggest thing that I think is a huge takeaway from the stuff that you covered already, will that immunity to hex? I know. Uh ah, uh, that's the one that just that hurts my soul right there. Oh yeah. Uh, that matters a lot to this guy, um, and that is really, uh, I think, one of the, the biggest factors when it comes to dealing with this dude. Oh, yeah. Or at uh, least attempting to. Yeah, I mean, you got to slow him down somehow. And what is he going to do to you, though, Barncat? And with that, go over his attacks. Yeah, absolutely. I think it uh, it all starts off at the top of the card here with uh, Blade of Midnight, which is an energy attack. Uh, with a range two, it's seven dice, zero cost. It is a true builder. So after the attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to damage dealt. 
Here's the real nasty part of this attack, though. It comes with a pierce. Uh, and for anybody that's not familiar, uh, a pierce allows you that if you roll a wild on your wild trigger on this, which with a seven dice pool, he's probably going to have a 65 to 68% chance yeah, it's, uh, to it's hit a, that every time. Yeah, it's like 68%, and, I think. Yeah, that allows you to modify your opponent's dice and change a uh, defensive success uh, into a blank. Uh, so it really gives him some really nice punch on uh, a seven dice attack already. Another thing about Pierce is that it is not per wild rolled. It is just if you yep. roll 10 wilds, which I mean, you could legitimately do that rolling seven dice, exploding crits. It'd be insane. But if you roll 10 wilds in a roll, you're still only getting to Pierce one die. I, I do want to. Note that just because that's one of those things that I see on the Facebook and on discords and stuff like that a lot is like, hey, so if I roll, you know, a bunch of wilds, does that mean I get to do this a bunch of times? No. And another thing about Pierce is that it happens after cover because yes, players because cover modify is their dice when you're modifying your own dice. Uh, and this is your uh, opponent modifying your dice. So this actually occurs after cover. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a really strong and really uh, helps him be consistent. So anyways, what's the next one? Yeah, the next one is a mystic attack called Blood Boil. It is a beam with a four range, uh, five dice, again, zero power cost. And this is a gainer um, with a wild trigger. And what I mean by a gainer is for each attack, he gains a power. Um, and when you're talking about beams or area attacks, what this actually means is that if he were to attack into a line of three people, each attack in that beam, he's gaining a power. So mm -hmm. a single attack, he gains three power, guaranteed. Whether or not it does damage, he's gaining three power. Um, there is a wild trigger on this as well, uh, and that puts the poison uh, status effect condition uh, onto opponents, which... Uh, is the status effect that just during power phase you uh, accrue one less power so yep this is a horrifying beam uh because of the range and because of some of the things that this model does really well but in my opinion uh the reason why this can be really horrifying uh to give you a little bit of quick mal tactic talk you apply this with smash he's a size four you smash like a size three building nearby and now you're throwing down eight dice beams into people. Oh, horrifying. Horrifying indeed. And, and mystic attacks uh, are, are the typically some of the weaker defense pools in the game that have less tech for. So uh, players like Captain America, or excuse me, models like Captain America, Panther, people that count blanks, or people that can put their shields up, or they have martial artists, martial that artists. typically only applies to physical and energy attacks. You don't see a lot of this stuff from Mystic. And mm -hmm. so this can be a, a pretty big deal into some lists and things that you just don't want to see if you're certain folks out there. Unless you're like Will's Convocation Boys and you got uh, uh, the infinitely tanky and uh, impossible to kill on an Ironbound Books turn sexy, sexy supreme, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, just come at me, bro. Pierce. Come at me, bro. <laughs> so what's the next attack? So this is a, a pretty interesting attack. It comes out as physical. So he can actually choose to do all three attack types. This is a physical attack called Butcher of Thors. 
It is a range three, ten dice pool uh, that costs him. So here's his spender uh, at four power. Uh, after the attack is resolved, place the character within one of this uh, of the target character. Right now, key thing to note on that placement is that it is a must place. It doesn't say you may place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to place within one. Now. If you KO somebody with this, then you don't do the placement, right? But if you daze somebody, you do. Uh, This also has a wild trigger called Dark Curse. After the attack is resolved, for each wild in the attack roll, the defending character gains one of the following special conditions. Bleed, shock, slow, or stun. So uh, for some people that might be familiar, this is something similar to Star-Lord's full auto. Mm -hmm. And unlike the pierce that Will had mentioned earlier, this says for each wild. So if he rolls four wilds in this uh, immense 10 dice pool, you're getting four status conditions unless you're immune to them. You're going to have a bad day. <laughs> yeah, that character is just going to not play the game anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people might say that uh, the this attack is a bit of a trap. Uh, depending on who you're going into, uh, with the spender being what it is, I mean, honestly, uh, if you're looking at these attacks... That is probably the best builder in the game. Um, (laughs) And that is probably one of the best beams in the game, right? So, and they both gain power. Well, I think when we're, when we're talking about the attacks and and we'll go over the rest of, of his card in a second, but let's just focus on the attacks Mm -hmm. for now. And I think you're right. I mean, obviously seven dice with a wild pierce and it's a full builder. Yeah. Best builder in the game. Full stop in terms of, like raw generation, right? And then yep, yep. Blood Boil also, like, I mean, that's that's like Vision, but it's Mystic, so, like, that's great. It, it has the Poison, which is an underutilized but still very good condition to have on someone. And then when we look at Butcher of Thors, right? Like, I wouldn't say this is so much of a trap. I would say this is like, okay, Malekith needs to be somewhere because at the end of the day... This is still yep, movement. an objective yeah. game, right? Yep. So, oh, I need to get Malekith somewhere, which he generally will not have a problem doing, but like, all right, I've, I'm going to use an action for a superpower that we're going to talk about, and then, oh, I need to, I've, I've done what I need to do with that action, now I need to be over here and, and get a Legacy Cure or get a Spider Infected or whatever off of someone. Well, Butcher of Thors is going to help me do that. And... One of the things that you mentioned while talking about Butcher of Thors that I think is really key, remember, if this attack KOs, so like removes from the board, KOs someone, the place doesn't happen. That is very important to remember, and it's one of those things that we can easily lose sight of as we're playing the game and kind of deepen the throws of the dice, as it were. But in the overall, I think these attacks are, are really nice and and really create a true monster of a character. Yeah, and that's, you know, just the attacks alone. Uh, they are uh, potentially devastating. Um, the I, I just think the builder is just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's going to be fantastic into almost even anybody. You don't mind doing this even into Panther, like... Sure, you don't necessarily get a benefit from your peers, right? That's that's fine and all. It's still seven freaking dice, bro. Like exactly. 
I don't, I don't care who you are. Like, if you're rolling three dice against me, you count your blanks. I could just overwhelm that with just the sheer volume of the attack dice pool as it is, right? I mean, exactly. this guy is, uh, you know, darn near going around and throwing out, you know, juggernaut builders twice a turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you put a pierce on it, and again, like, if you're not going into somebody like a panther, you know, they're dead. And if you are going into Panther, maybe why do you even bother with this? Because you can hit him with a Mystic attack. But my goodness, yeah. is this guy have some some just devastatingly good stuff? I mean, he's yep. he's going to eat uh, lower threat models alive uh, in a true. lot of cases. But I will say, it's range two, so there is a limitation there. But we'll talk about how he gets over that limitation in a second. <laughs> And yeah, it's not that much of a limitation. Hang on, let guy. me let me uh, just like sprinkle. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna like sprinkle cold water, just a littlest bit of cold water. Like, look, it's like we're t- you know you dip your fingers in the water and then you like flick it. I'm gonna do that yep. amount of cold water on here, and it's the range two part of it is is definitely a limitation. And then also, as we'll go through superpowers, he does have some dice manipulation, but it's very minimal. I think. And, I don't say minimal. It's less good than like uh, less good than full like a, a bunch of re-roll shenanigans, right? Like, but we'll talk about yeah. it. In a sec. We'll talk about it. In a sec. I mean, uh, I'm burying the lead, Barncat. It's called burying the lead. Okay. Yeah. Burying okay. So, with this attack, it is highly dicey. So you're right. Yeah. I'm gonna overwhelm you with dice, but it's gonna feel bad as the Malekith player. Dice roll poor. I mean, we've seen this game before where it's just the dice just don't play ball. Hello, dice are going to dice is like the theme of this show and the theme of my yep. life when yep. it comes to crisis protocol. And and so it's one of those things where you can rest assured that this is going to delete people overall, but yep. it is dicey. So think about that. Think about that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a fantastic point, Will. And um you know, I kind of mentioned a, a certain key model out there, a juggernaut, right? Uh, he has these big old singular attacks that he does after he kind of does his movement shenanigans, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and anybody that's played enough of that guy knows more often than not, like... There's a whiff. Let's just say that juggernaut's really not out there to necessarily do damage, but uh, when he does, boy, can he do damage. Exactly. It's just... It can still absolutely dice. Absolutely. Um, and... There, there are going to be times where this guy is not going to, to be able to kill a toad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to be able to take out a rocket after two attacks. It can absolutely happen. Uh, and that's a real feels-bad moment for this guy, but... Probably uh, the exception, not the rule. Exactly. I, I, more often than not, uh, I would think that that builder, uh, you're probably... I, you know, you're probably getting three or four damage through. Yep. Uh, into just about any regular pool. I mean, I, I haven't yep. quite ran the uh, the dice calcs yeah. on this one for the the exact moment, but my Feel goodness, good about it. Uh, that is a load. And that beam, <laughs> my load. friend. Yeah, so yes. good. So now let's move on and talk about superpowers. And the first thing we have to talk about is the fact that Malekith is a leader of the Cabal. That's right. He comes with a leadership for Cabal, the Dark Council. When this character or an allied character dazes or KOs an enemy character, choose another 
non-dazed allied character. After the effect is resolved, the chosen character may remove one damage, may gain one power, and may advance short. A character can be affected by this leadership ability only once per round. So if you've heard something like this before, you're probably thinking, oh, that sounds very similar to Sam, except kind of in reverse, where in this instance, it's when someone that's on Malekith's team dazes or KOs somebody, then they get to do healing, they get a power, they get to move, and this sounds like a nightmare. But you're paying a seven threat cost to get it in your list, but I think most people would be okay with it. What do you think, Barncat? Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a it's a fantastic leadership. I, I think it it nestles its way into, you know, if folks wanna wanna rank things out on stuff. Um everybody's always regarded Sam's leadership as uh, very uh quote unquote powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh and I I think that this one goes right up there. Um the biggest key to kind of take note of when you're discussing his leadership is that, you know, when this character or an ally character uh, dazes or KOs a model, choose another character. So as Mal's going around and eating people, he doesn't benefit from his leadership. His allies do. Mm-hmm. So in order to heal or advance Mal or Malekith, you know, your Zemo or your uh, your Bob Agent of Hydra, after he, uh, you know, <laughs> drops and unloads on people with that horrifying bazooka attack. Yep. Um, you know, once he drops somebody, right, that's when Mal can benefit from this, uh, from his own leadership, but he doesn't benefit from it himself during his own activation. Yeah. And, and another interesting thing about this, and the reason why I think that this leadership is really interesting is so again, like I mentioned earlier, this is a points-based game. Attrition is a way to win. Having now been attritionized and then subsequently attritionizing somebody else. I have done that before and I've had it done to me. Thank you, Barncat. But, mm-hmm. but so that is a way to win. But the thing about this is this leadership here, if things are going right with dice and, and, you know, lots of caveats, obviously, but it allows you to play points fairly decently as the player playing Cabal with Malekith because you can yep. advance short. You know what I mean? So you can get into killing range, but you can also say, oh, well, I'm going to go and contest this point. And stuff like that and not necessarily have to use actions to get your points and whatnot and keep your points safe. That's another thing, too. So I, I find that to be really interesting and a way to look at it from from someone who is more of a control player sometimes. Yeah. And you really hit the nail on the head as far as the real value of his spender, in my opinion. Uh, I think it is in that placement is that you can really get around the board and then, you know, do some other things off of it if you lead with it. Right. Exactly. Um, on on the same side of uh, of that coin is that you now can use this model and be like, you know, I trust that on this next activation that Zemo is going to be able to do the one to two damage that he needs. And the next thing you know, Malekith takes that big old base of his and does a little short advance, which on a model of this size is a significant amount of ground. Significant. Uh, he is going to be able to get up onto to contest a point. And time and time again, uh, over the course of my experience with this game, like out of activation movement, 
has proven to be an extremely powerful tool. There's a big reason why when they did these standard updates, we saw cards like Climbing Gear getting taken out of rotation. Mm -hmm. And you now have given a model with a base of this size who had just maybe done horrifying things during his activation and or maybe flubbed, right? And he left a uh, a Sam Wilson on one, right? And And now you're talking about him just also one activation later with his teammate. You get that work done, and now he's just sneakily kind of advanced over, gained himself a power, and now he's contesting your back gamma point. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Uh, you know, it's a very powerful tool uh, to do exactly what you were mentioning, Will, which is using that kind of out-of-activation movement to to get you where you want to be and need to be on the board, whether it be for offensive or defensive purposes. 100%. 100%. And, and it's exciting. You know what I mean? Like it, it makes the game exciting and fun. So, Speaking of exciting and fun, there are going to be Malekith leadership matchups versus Sam Wilson leadership matchups. Oh my god. And if you're playing on a timer uh and we've got all of these uh movement things going on after somebody gets dazed or KO'd, right? Yep. Uh good luck. I don't know that you're going to be able to finish that match. Uh it's it's going to take a long time. Get a, so. get ahead on points early and then let the timer run out, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. As he's going around eating the uh, the spam portion of uh, Sam's list, That's right? right, that's right. You might so, as well call this guy Hawaiian. He loves the spam. Loves the spam. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. So we have an active superpower here called Ferocity. It's not the Ferocity of Sidorak. It's just Ferocity. It's going to cost you two power and an action. This character immediately makes a move action followed by a blade of midnight action. So that's the builder we've been gushing over. If this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, this character may throw the target character short. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So, uh, Barncat, do you notice something about this uh, particular bit of superpower tech here <laughs> yeah uh they probably couldn't call it a charge because it's better than a charge and uh they probably couldn't call it for asgard because he's kind of against asgard traditionally uh and it is incredibly fierce and i gotta tell you he's gonna be throwing things a lot more often than our boy thor and he's paying less for it uh and he generates power better than him. He's doing it all the time. Doing it's it all the time. every round. Doing it all the time. So the thing I want to point out here, notice when I said this character may throw the target character short. There is no size restriction. Uh, yeah. We're throwing Dormammu Have people. Have fun, Dormammu. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Horrifying. Horrifying. And again, when you think about the range, and, and it's hard to visualize because, you know, we're on an a, a audio medium here, right? So this is going to be hard to visualize, but let me just try to try to paint you a word picture. So from your deployment line, medium move, big base gets you to the midline, basically, right? You can, you can basically interact with the midline right there. So then you can ferocity and then... Be within that range two, pretty much of a back gamma point. Not yep. quite deployment line, but look, 
if you surround Malekith with characters that can get him that little extra bit, so a Clea, someone that's like, a hey, Malekith, skull. teleport range two, Red Skull, teleport range two, Dark Star, teleport range three, Jesus. Uh, you know, lots of different... Strange, even worse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so like, there's, there's a lot of ways that you're going to, like, be able to affect people pretty deep into their area where they felt safe. So... I think this is just really exciting. It's scary. It, like, I don't want to be on the receiving end of it. And it, it sounds and nasty. You're going but, to. There's oh, nothing you can do about it. Yeah, just just strap in, folks. He's going to be everywhere. But I really He's like Ferocity. literally going to get wherever he wants on the board. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it is a, a heck of a superpower uh, to put on uh, a model with this base size and with that level of a builder. Yep. Uh, the consistency that he's hitting this limitless throw. Uh, I mean, oh yeah, just that's something that just really, really turns uh, this. Oh god, it really turns him on as far as uh, as a model. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Look, uh, it's you, just going to be a lot to deal with. <laughs> when, when your opponent says, "Okay," and I'm going to use ferocity right there, that's when you do what I like to call a dice rain dance. That's where you throw all your dice in the air. And you just dance under him for a second, hoping that he whiffs his roll. Well, or on the flip side of things, uh, you take my boy Space Ma or <laughs> uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, if that's your flavor, and you just go ahead and say, how about you don't do Ferocity this round? Uh, how about yeah. we just don't do that? You go ahead and spend the power. I'm going to shush it. No more mutants. Whatever you need to do. Uh, we're going to cancel that. Now, unfortunately, and you were talking about the range. And I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier in the cast, but this guy can actually charge in from outside of five range mm -hmm. and be able to get within two range to make an attack. So he can actually charge in from outside of five range uh, and be able to get within range to attack a model. So uh, it's really close. So you might not always be able to shush it or no more mutants it. Uh, but just understand that if you're looking at this guy and he's outside of five range on and you think that you have a a safe rocket raccoon or a safe winter soldier if it looks close you're not safe that's it that's it so yeah be ready for ferocity our next it's coming. superpower is a reactive superpower so that means it happens whenever there's a trigger which we'll talk about what the trigger is and and then fun stuff fun stuff have cloak of shadows here it's a power cost of X. So for something like if you're playing Malekith in a Steve Avengers list, you will not get the reduction on this superpower specifically. But Cloak of Shadows. After this character rolls attack, defense, or dodge dice, but before the resolve critical step, it may spend any amount of power to use this superpower. For each power spent choose a skull to treat as a critical for the remainder of the attack so we have seen this before as well on domino it's very similar to what domino does however this one's a little different because when you're rolling seven dice you're gonna have some skulls it's just the nature yep. of things so not only do you spend the power to turn those skulls into criticals? So let's say you you have your seven dice, you've rolled a skull, two crits. Well, now what you can do 
this is going to take a boatload of power to do it, but you can spend the one to turn the skull into a crit. So now you're going to roll in three critical dice. Well, what you can do is preload this superpower as well by saying, okay, I'm going to expect another one or two of these to be a skull. And then, boom, you have said, I'm going to cloak of shadows these next three dice. And then if one of them or two of them or however many you paid the power for is a skull, then they are treated as crits. They don't explode at that point, but they still count as successes. It's a really yep. complicated way. Well, and they still count as criticals. It, so. Exactly. This it, is yep. a really complicated way for me to explain. This is where his consistency will come from, right? And it's for attack, defense, or dodge dice. So what I look at this, if I have Malekith, the only turn he's not going to be able to do this is, is turn one because he's going to have to spend yep. for ferocity his, his two power, which, spoiler alert for an upcoming power, he's going to be able to do it turn one. But he's going to spend for Frosty. But literally every other turn, he should have mountains of power to be able to do this. And he, I don't know about you, Barncat, but if I'm playing Malekith, I'm wanting to save this for attacks every time. Well, it's it's also a fantastic, you know, defensive uh, power. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's a fantastic dodge power. I mean, uh, as anybody is aware, going into Domino, uh, she can be surprisingly hard to deal with. I've had um, my Domino stand up to a Magneto for two rounds on one health mm-hmm. because of this superpower. Yep. And now, instead of just being threes across the board, you're fours across the board. Mm-hmm. Um. He just, uh, I think it's a fantastic defensive power. Um, but it's, yeah, of course, great on offense because, you know, you, you take these, uh, this mountains of, of attack dice that he's got on that builder or even on these beams, right? Because exactly, even with the beams, he's still getting a bit of a refund on it. But on the builder, he might get more than a refund on stuff uh, if you just factor in the pierce and all these horrifying things uh that he does right so there's a lot of people that have uh, have kind of looked at this and been like well how do you counter that right how do you how do you slow this down well you can't hex the guy right and that was the the thing that i'd kind of mentioned earlier will where it was like boy i wish you could hex this guy uh because that that might actually slow this thing down a little bit but you can't you can't and to be fair from a design perspective like I'll, i'll take this route for just a second it makes sense mm-hmm. that you can't hex him because of like yeah. you've got this superpower, one of two superpowers that he can spend for, and if he's hexed, you literally turn off like a, an entire thing the character does. So like, I get that he's seven threat. It makes sense, but yeah, and and I, it is a bit thematic, right? I mean, he's a, a dark elf from the exactly. dark dimension with all these sorcerific exactly. powers, right? So yeah. So um, it, it does make sense with them. I mean, he's the accursed. How can you hex somebody who's accursed? Exactly. Exactly. You know how you do it? You put the sauce on it by calling him accursed. That's how you hex him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a few ways to make him accursed on this, right? Yes. So um, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about strats in a second. So the last superpower he has on his card is an innate superpower. So it's always happening, always active. Conqueror. Of the Ten Realms, during the power phase, this character gains one additional power. Additionally, 
characters cannot modify their attack dice when targeting this character <laughs> with attacks. Oh my lord. Like, yeah, my strange supreme, and really a lot of people, just got very, very sad. And Barncat, I can, I can attest, after having just dealt with Angela and Black Cat, recently like black cat i usually can deal with like i'm okay with with what she does but like you throw enough dice at the problem it usually works itself out well yeah angela's a little bit of a different story because she's got a little more health little little different things whatever but i can attest not being able to re-roll feels really bad and like especially for characters like strange and you know zemo powering up a team for re-rolls you think okay well, i'm gonna get zemo in a position and then we're gonna try to take down malekith well you're probably not uh, yeah, and and it is a convocation play. You get Poldock, right? That's yeah. usually how you take the uh, the big bad down. Exactly. Well, guess what? Just throw that out the window if you see this guy on the board. Seriously, like, like I'm looking at this character, right? And the gaining one power, that's that's awesome. Okay, cool. Like, it makes sense. He's seventh, right? He should gain more power than one. Well, it's an Asgardian power, and he, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Asgard, Asgard. Uh, Jace Asgard universe, we'll just say. There it is. Maybe there that's it why is. he gets that love too. So maybe that's a, a you know future dark elves are gonna have that. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, but the the not modifying attack dice and and just when you when you kind of put the whole kit together, it uh, I mean it definitely feels <laughs> like uh, like how are you gonna deal with this character? And when I look at this, like. If I'm out there and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm a newer character and someone's like, and, and I mean, look, we're, we're not sugarcoating it. Malekith's going to be popular. You're going to have to figure out ways to play him. It's one, it's going to come with reps. We're going to be able to give you some insight here, but reps against him, reps with him, figure out what he can and can't do is going to be important. But when I look at this character, I'm like, how in the world? Do I put him down? Because I don't really think that there's much controlling him. Like making him only get one blade of midnight attack and having to do ferocity to do it is, I yeah. guess, the way. Like if you control him, just push him away, get him away to where he's only getting one meaningful action a turn. I mean, or stagger him. Like those are the two things. Right? Stagger uh, is probably your best choice um unfortunately he's sort of like in, in a lot of ways his speed and movement makes him kind of akin to what you can expect from like a ghost rider you can't just completely ignore the guy he's probably going to be able to double tap you uh every time he activates uh pretty much at will and the thing is, is uh, at least with a Ghost Rider, you know, you can put him down pretty quickly if you need to, right? Mm -hmm. This guy can come up and get in the thick of things and have some staying power. Uh, and honestly, when you factor in that you can't modify the dice against him, that's that little, like if you've already been gutted with a knife, that's just a little twist right there. <laughs> yeah. Just, we didn't have room to put the immunities down here, so we had to put this here instead, and it's just, yeah, right. So yep. how do you deal with the guy? Right. Yep. Uh, it is a, a mountain of a task, but uh, look, it's it's entirely possible to do. Absolutely. Um, there there are some ways to do it at the end of the day, though. 
Uh, and this might not necessarily be reassuring to those of us who aren't, uh, you know, uh, the luckiest dicers in the world. Stop talking but about me like that. Just dice. Yep, it is just dice. And and look, when I when I look at Malekith here, your opponent, like if I'm if I'm playing into Malekith and my opponent activates him early enough, screw points. I'm trying to put him down. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm trying to do everything in my power to get rid of Malekith if I have an opportunity to. Because it's going to be hard to do. 10 health is a lot. His Cloak of Shadows helps his defenses. But if he's burning all that power for defense, he's not going to be able to do things like Butcher of Thoris. He's not going to be able to do things like Ferocity. For granted, I expect the opponent to have opportunities to get that power and do the thing. I'm not saying that, but like the only way to, it's just to throw enough attack dice at him, right? I mean, dice are going to do dice things. He's going to whiff defense. He's not going to roll skulls that he can turn into crits, all that stuff. So I I think it's one of those things where you just kind of got to go for it at times. But you've got to do it with, if you're going to attack Mal, uh, you've got to do it the right way. And I, I can see uh, a school of thought that, that would say, absolutely, let's, uh, let's just try to unload on the guy, right? Yep. Uh, but you've got to do it with the right uh, attacks. It's not, in my opinion, uh, to deal with this guy, it's not necessarily volume. You need quality attacks. Uh, if you're planning on attacking him with a, a four dice uh, attack, don't bother. Don't bother. Uh, it's, I, I think it's something like, 60 to 70 percent of the time it's going to do zero yeah no, uh wait. and if he's only got to spend one power to have you do zero damage uh i mean come on that's that's a no-brainer for a guy with a 10 stamina health pool right so uh five dice uh, are rarely uh going to do much to this guy you've got to come into him with some very serious uh attacks um and you, you've got to hope for some uh you know some some criticals of your own you're gonna have to spike him yeah. Uh, the other way to deal with this guy is uh, terrain throws, right? Yep. Um, you know, getting that guaranteed damaging, you know, having that four coming in from like a superpower terrain throw from a, a size three piece of terrain, uh, that's still going to be able to get some damage in on the guy. It should. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's a lot more reliable four incoming than you're probably ever going to get off of a four dice attack, right? So uh, the other way to do it is through chip damages. Um, you know, just getting in these little explosives or uh, being able to throw them into his teammates, which is a fantastic way of going about it. Just little bits here and there. Yep. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, if you can use them and get those chip damages in, that's really probably your best bet as far as uh, going into them. So big attack dice pools if you can. Uh, terrain throws into them. And and little bits of chip damage and a uh, couple other little sneaky ways of going about uh, messing with the guy, which we can get into a little bit more in depth. But uh... so real quick though, let's talk about Malakith and where he goes in affiliations, right? So we know he's Cabal. Obviously, he fits there, even in a Red Skull Cabal. I mean, hell, you could play him and send Cabal, and I wouldn't hate it. So like, Cabal, cool. What would be your top two places to splash Malekith? Uh Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh Asgard. 
Ooh, now that seems like off theme. But okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously, you make this guy ridiculously consistent. That that just and you've got a three threat leader and and yeah, like that's that makes sense. <laughs> Does he replace mm -hmm. Space Mall for you there? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh Space Maw is actually very good into Malekith. Um because uh, it's going to cost him six power to go into Maul with his uh, Butcher of Thors. And uh, he's probably going into Maul's six defense dice. So I, I like Maul into Malekith. Um, uh, as well as another Guardian, a guy by the name of Ronin. Because he passes out this Kree Justice uh, oh, yeah. and just begs Malekith to bash him up all game. Um, so, you know, you put the rerolls on him in Guardians, that's just more dice consistently for him both offensively, defensively. Uh, he's an attack-based, dice-based character. Uh, I think that speaks for itself. And you touched on uh, the low-threat leader mm -hmm. and uh, how great that is. Uh, Asgard, uh, on the other hand, um, has a bit of a higher-threat leader, and you kind of had mentioned seems a little bit off-brand off form. But what is it that Asgard allows him to do is remove a status effect. Yeah, exactly. And so if he's staggered, you can't stagger the cat anymore. Yep, that's it. Staggers the thing. Like you know, that's that's the one condition that you're gonna want to try to find ways to get into your list to yep. deal with this kitty. But for me, I mean, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that there's a part of me that is like, well, he should play in Web Warriors. You have a three threat leader, and then blah blah blah. Like, it would be fun as hell. I'm not going to absolutely work. And yeah. it could it, absolutely. Right. I think it totally works in a lot of ways because one, all right, when I'm playing my my roster, figuring out what I want to do, right? I like to think of like a core group of characters that I always bring, and then I season to taste, right? So, mm -hmm. like, for instance, when I was playing Web Warriors so much, it was Miles, Gwen, Venom, and then and then put whatever else in from there, whatever fits the moment, right? Malekith, add Malekith to that. That's a 17 threat points. Boom, there you go. It sounds nasty. That sounds nasty. And like, okay, hey, Malekith, you go kill everything while the Web Warriors are doing their thing. Yeah, just hanging out in the back lines, uh, generally being a nuisance uh, and scurrying about, uh, skeetering all over the board, if you will. Yeah, so, so like, I know I say it all the time, but okay, Malekith, look, Malekith can pretty much play anywhere, but like, look, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then also, you know, I've been really thinking on him in Convocation. And <laughs> I think you can do it. I mean, I think it's one of those things like, look, a Blood Bowl with playing a Poldock, all that fun stuff with the, you know, you add in the reroll side of the leadership, those kind of things, the placement side of the leadership. Oh, you just did some damage to Malekith? Well, guess what? Now he's going to be where the clapback's going to be real. Or now I've made him safe, et cetera, et cetera. I think it, it generally makes sense. And I feel like it's one of those, like, you can make it obvious, but if you do Malekith in Convocation, you're paying not only the tax for a seven-threat character, but you've got... You don't have to use one of the Stranges as your, in your list when you're playing Convocation. So that's where I think Malekith gets to be very interesting, is to say, okay, well, maybe I don't take Supreme. But then when you think about the fact that if you add in Supreme... The teleporting and all that stuff with this guy, oh man, it sounds nasty. 
it's not sounds it just is i mean you could plug this guy into any number of places and right it, it, you you literally are going to have the premier attrition model in the game like hands down i mean his output very much equals a four and a three combined mm-hmm. uh, especially if he starts getting hot i mean i've i've played the guy at at 14 when he's only been three wide uh, with, you know, what I felt was a premier Guardians five wide on sword. Yep. And he just, just ate the team alive. Nothing I could do about it. Yep. Single-handedly. And another fun thing, I think, is for, like, if you throw him somewhere like Shadowlands, Daredevil, Criminal Syndicate, I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting, giving him that re-roll. But, like, let me just let me just give you, like, a little weird off-the-cuff thing. Well, this isn't weird and off-the-cuff, but, like, so X-Men. Now, mm-hmm. the obvious part of that is Storm's X-Men, right? The placement, the cover, all that fun stuff. That makes perfect sense. That I don't think you can argue that that doesn't make perfect sense. But what about Cyclops? And running Cyclops as your leader, Malekith should have boatloads of power. So... Yeah. You're telling me that I can put Cyclops in there and actually get use out of his leadership by funneling power to it from, you know, hey, Malekith, uh, I need some power for an optic devastation, beam five, seven dice. Here you go, buddy. No problem. I'm sitting on nine at the beginning of turn three. Like, <laughs> right. Have, have as much as I can give you. Right. Like, so, like, want some. You know, I think that there's some some fun stuff like that, like sprinkled into this character that is really interesting. And and like you said, I think there's more or less no affiliation that wouldn't love a little sprinkling of Malekith. I don't think he actually fits in Avengers okay. on either side. Fair. For what it's worth. I think uh, that's He doesn't benefit fair. from Steve, mm-hmm. and he takes away the spam out of the Sam, right? Yeah. So, um... I, I think Sam would probably prefer to have a four and a three threat out there um, because it benefits his leadership more. So finally, uh, you know, a character that isn't good in the Avengers or affiliated in Avengers. Exactly. Right? So take exactly. that Avengers players. Take that. Yep. <laughs> Somewhere out there, a Nate is crying. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's just a little taste of, of the places for, for Malekith to go and, and why I think you're going to see him all over the place. And the last thing I want to talk about here with this character before we get like a, a couple of show questions here is I do want to mention his one tactics card, Midnight Phantasmagoria. So he has another one, the Black Bifrost. It's a teleport. It looks cool. Just It's like I don't have a, anything to say other than it's Defender's Portal, but you take a damage to use it. So seems really good. I, I do think Black Bifrost is underrated to think, a large extent for Malekith. I think it's really good. You can literally good. get from one side to another on D-shapes and attack any point in the game. Yep. Uh, you know, just, I think it's great. Super good. I agree, it's yeah. super good. But I, I don't think there's too much minutia to it, right? Nope. Midnight nope. Phantasmagoria. It's unaffiliated active. During his activation, Malekith the Accursed may spend three power to play this card. Other than the very first activation, he should easily have it. Push yep. all enemy characters within range three of Malekith away short. Remove one damage from Malekith 
for each character pushed this way. If you're playing Malekith, you're taking this card. And that 10 damage or 8 damage that you got to chew through on his injured side there just got that much harder because range 3 within a big base is a ridiculous amount of distance. Yeah. It's honestly... When he was first revealed, right, uh, everybody lost their minds because he's a fantastic model. Uh, he is every bit what you would expect and hope for out of a seventh threat. But, you know, I was like, you know, he just seems like a good seventh threat. And then they dropped this card. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, goodness. This is this is putting him on another level of good. It's an unaffiliated card. So exactly. if you splash a Malekith in your list, this is stapled to him. It's a fantastic card. Uh, power of the Cosmos, except no need for an attack action. You can still use your attack actions and then bust out this thing and, and spray an entire group of people off of you. So that plan of swarming him, it's just been nullified. Mm -hmm. And uh, to give you uh, some perspective on how potentially damaging this card can be, right? Is you put a Malekith on a team with a Red School, right? Uh, you have Red School do his teleport thing, and you're playing on Gamma. That puts Malekith up place two. He moves one, charges into your back line, and is contesting your home Gamma point, hits his ferocity into whatever model you put on your home Gamma point, gains his power, throws that model off, and then he can potentially use that Midnight phantasmagoria and that will actually push people away in their deployment zones oh god that's so gross that's so gross it is highly aggressive but it can absolutely happen and you're not going to be able to attack him back a lot of models especially like a slower mover are going to have to double move just to get within range two of the gamma point exactly yeah no this is nasty and that's some super deep tech right there. And let me ask you this, Barncat. One, one final yes, question sir. quickly before we get mm -hmm. into show questions because we are running out of time here. So yep, yep. is Ghost Rider the key to defeating Malekith with his Wicked's Judgment? Uh, he's, he's one of them. Uh, I, I think he's got some game. Uh, look, I'm a Guardians guy. I, I think... Uh, Ronin and Ghost Rider is a combination uh, between Judgment, Cree Justice, and Wicked Judgment. Uh, Wicked Judgment, if you guys aren't aware, is essentially what punishes a model for rolling crits. And I kind of mentioned earlier about how one of the best ways to damage Malekith through chip damage. Uh, Wicked Judgment against Malekith is potentially him taking like two to four damage for attacking somebody else that isn't Ghost Rider. Now, the reason why I'll say that Ghost Rider isn't exactly the key, my man, is because he can just attack Ghost Rider. Yeah. And he's going to jack up Ghost Rider pretty bad. Up. So, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, you've got to have uh, a well-rounded plan. You've got to have some stagger. You've got to have some tech for the guy. And you have to account for him. Uh, Ghost Rider, just one of the pieces of many. I, I mentioned Ronin. Yeah. I had him out of my lists forever. And I specifically brought him back into mm -hmm. my TTS roster for Malekith. I love so it. Uh, it takes a village with this guy in the same way that you would deal with a Thanos, right? You yep. just you've got to have 
a, a multifaceted plan because he is a load that needs to be accounted for. Uh, Wicked Judgment is just one of the ways. Staggers. Uh, Thor is actually another good one. The throws. Uh, it's that stagger throw for yep. Asgard, baby. Yep. Um, give him a little bit of dice consistency with maybe a Shuri on that Asgard team or a Zemo of your own. Or a Heimdall affiliated. Or, or dare I say, yeah, you got yourself a Heimdall now. There it is, yeah. So, so. Uh, there are some options out there, folks. It is not the end of the world. Uh, Absolutely he not. He is a Frankenstein's monster abomination amalgamation of many characters with fantastic powers, fantastic attacks, but... He is still dice. He can still screw up a bit. Uh, I've seen that happen too. Uh, she hulks great into him. Lots yep. of options out there, people. Absolutely. So, not the end of the world. All right. So we have a couple of show questions. I'm sorry I'm not gonna be able to get to all of them, but if you're interested in getting your questions answered on the show when we have the time for it, you can check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month. Or 12 bucks a year you can come and be a part of the chillest realist illest most phantasmagoriest discord that i've ever been a part of i love it it's awesome and everyone in there is always a great time always always full of good conversations and, and everything I, I absolutely love it so make sure to check that out if you're interested in supporting the show and whatnot but we have some questions one absolute says why does barncat night not like Malekith when Cat is in his name. It's because two cats just don't make a right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, barn cats, by nature, are uh, solitary and uh, territorial. Uh, there you go. I, I consider myself to be borderline feral. And honestly, I, I don't recognize this uh, as a cat. It is, uh, it is a crime against nature. It, mm -hmm. it just... It, with all the great things about him and gushing about it, it, it just, it's hard to recognize this thing as uh, a, a natural part of the uh, of feline community. Uh, we yep. accept panthers and, you know, even a black cat, but uh, this thing, not so much. Not so much. BF Trick says, do characters with bodyguard make a comeback to slow down Malekith? And oh, yeah. I, like great. Okoye would have been, absolutely would have been the answer, but the, problem is she's not as good as she once was now if you can get two turns worth of an okoye standing there taking a malekith you're okay yep. with it yep even if she gets one shot yeah fine right? perfectly reasonable uh, absolutely um i can't believe that <laughs> i'm so glad that you pulled this question because yeah uh bodyguards are a big thing if you have them in your list that's just another way of uh, teching against this guy absolutely so, so the next up cinnamon rollo says is the best counter to Malekith another Malekith? And I wouldn't say yeah. the best, but uh, I don't think you can go wrong there. I mean, if just to have the two of them beating on each other sounds fun. Yeah, I, I think um, that is certainly a possibility. There's a lot of people that have said the best Thanos uh, is, uh, or to beat a bad guy Thanos is to use a good guy Thanos of your own, right? Mm -hmm. um, and... I think that's absolutely a case here for Malekith, but at the end of the day, he is a stapled seven threat. Uh, some people just don't want to dedicate, you know, a roster space to that, and uh, I get it. Yep. Uh, I personally have opted to to use the village approach because I, I feel like I get more versatility out of having a couple of 
uh, people that can kind of do multiple roles against multiple lists, uh, rather than just taking a full seven threat and stapling that into my roster. So mm -hmm. uh, it comes down to individual taste, but absolutely uh, he's going to be effective into himself. Yep. So I, I completely agree. I have nothing to add to that. So the next... And, well, I will say the last thing is that Cloak of Shadows is not a dice mod, by the way. So you can use it against him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is a really important thing to say. Yeah, you're not modding your dice. You're physically changing the result. And it just being considered as a critical. Correct. So Captain Funtime says, seeing as AMG isn't afraid to push higher threat level characters, who do you want to see character-wise push this boundary further? So this is kind of a loaded question. And <laughs> it's in that, like, we have an eight threat character in the game. You can argue that that eight threat character is lower on the curve, closer to Malekith than Malekith, and Malekith's higher, closer to that eight threat. So, question is, do we want that boundary to go higher than eight? I think that's dangerous territory. Do I trust AMG to make that happen? Sure. But I'll take this and I'll say, who do I want as a character to be in that vein? And for me, it's Sentry. Sentry literally should be on that level he is that powerful so like as a character there, there's other characters out there that are that powerful i mean look you could go with odin you know god king thor all this different stuff you know like god emperor doom like those kind of things like you could you could push those boundaries right like but i i think if we're just talking about characters that should make this game at some point that i think are going to be on this level sentry is 100 percent should be there there are two on my list uh, that I think are up there that eight threat level or potentially plus. Let's have it. Uh, is Odin, for sure. Uh, and I, I think there have been more than one version of the Hulk, right? Yeah. And I have it on good authority. There was another podcast that I'm pretty big fan of. Uh, they had the chance to have both of the Wills on there. Uh, it was a fantastic episode, but uh, so I'll get into it there. But they... Uh, one of the guys had asked, you know, you got plans on bringing a, a a different version in? And the answer was yes. So, and they also confirmed that the current Hulk that's in the game mm -hmm. is just uh, like the MCU type regular Hulk. So he's yeah. not the like world breaker, world type. breaking, you know, sun collapsing, right. you know, punching through space time continuums Hulk. Exactly. Uh, that it exists in the Marvel universe. So that guy is still potentially coming. Love it. Uh, and yeah, so there's absolutely, uh, from my understanding of that, there are some seven plus threat models coming. Yep. Love it. So I'm sorry to cut it short suits. I want to answer all of these questions. We will try to answer them in a later show. We have to run right now. Time is running short. Appointments, life, all that fun stuff. But suits out there, I just want to remind you to, you know, love yourself. You're awesome. And if, uh, if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out. Send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Messages on Facebook. If you're part of our Discord community there through our Patreon, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. You can send messages on Discord, all that fun stuff. But just remember that you're awesome. Love yourself. And check out the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe on that. 
as we get stuff up there, it's going to be pretty awesome. And then be on the lookout for, you know, announcements about when we actually get the ball rolling on this new project between Barncat and myself here. And uh, also make sure to check out our giveaway. It's going to be a, uh, for Malekith and then the Crimson Dynamo Dark Star set. You can get bonus entries by sending in a screenshot picture of you subscribing, subscribed to the YouTube channel. And then also you get a bonus entry for the secret code word of this episode, and that is BattleCat. So definitely make sure to send that in and all of that fun stuff. And then lastly, the merch is here. So that check out the link in the description. There's going to be... Uh, just a couple of shirts right now. I've got everything squared away, but there's going to be more coming and more coming very soon. So make sure to check that out. And with that, Barncat, where can people find you? I'm a pretty simple man. Uh, you can just hit me up on Discord. I am Barncat. Uh, you can find me in all the cool uh, Discords. Uh, feel free to at me. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, I'm usually on pretty much throughout the day. A um, couple other things that I've got going on is... Uh, I owe some writing to get done. Uh, I do do some writing for the Strike Better guys. Um, really need to get off uh, my laziness and get into that. I owe uh, everybody a finish to the uh, the Space Maw article. Um, and that's over at the Strike Better website. Um, so strikebetterpodcast.com. Uh, I also have been doing, uh, you know, commentary with, you know, commentators rotating in on, on stream games. So... If you ever have a time uh, where you wouldn't mind having uh, some commentary on your games and to have your game get covered, whether it be a league game or anything, uh, feel free to hit me up. Um, I've got a YouTube channel that I just put up myself, which is the uh, Barncat Barncast over at uh, YouTube. And that's where we'll be doing uh, just stream games and uh, commentary there. So got a game coming up uh, tonight, actually, that I'll be covering at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard. Uh, we'll be joined by Vodka Blitz. Um, we'll be covering a uh, uh, matchup between two folks that are three and one from the West. And uh, really looking forward to that, man. So um, got a lot of stuff going on from the content side of the world, Will, and I appreciate you giving me a second to uh, plug my plug my nonsense. Oh, yeah. So I'm just all over the place, man. I'm, I'm literally like a rogue agent. It's great nonsense, like a rogue agent. And with that, party on, Barncat. Party on, Will. And power down suits.